Hello everybody and welcome to All Blaze No Glory, the podcast. Um, podcast that I probably could have anticipated that I would be making about five, six weeks ago. Um, I said it before, I thought that Scotland were going to have to beat South Africa to go through. Never thought that our win to get through would be against Ireland. Although, you know, we always, always hoped that we could beat Ireland. Um, but I kind of anticipated that this was what was going to be saying I think what really hurts um, as a Scotland fan, someone was really passionate about it, is we just didn't fire a shot in that game um, until it was too late, we got a couple of tries but we just we were we were suffocated by Ireland but we played right into their hands with the ref, we played right into their hands with the way we played we played right into their hands by going for corners instead of kicking points early on um, I think it was the one time in rugby where you committed a couple of penalties just in the 22 and were happy that the team, uh, you would have been, uh, Ireland would have been unhappy if we'd taken the three because I think they believed so much in their defence, rightfully so, um, that there was no way that we were going to score. Um, let's get Nick Berry out of the way first. Nick Berry is truly awful. Um, as a referee, he uh, his scrum interpretations are was ridiculous for some of the stuff. There was one where clearly Porter wasn't scrummaging straight. Um, the the touch judge should have seen what could have seen what Porter had for his breakfast basically, and um, Scotland were pinged for running it round. And what what compounded it was that Ireland tried to reverse the play. And Schumann and that had reacted to it to come out the line to make the tackle. But as they threw the pass, they hit Berry. So he gave the scrum, which is the right call, and then gave a penalty against us. So he compounded the error that he made by getting in the way by then giving a penalty to Ireland. Um, and don't get me started on uh, Porter and, and Gibson Park being off feet. I mean, they were off feet because we gave them a chance to be off feet. If we're quick in there, we banjo... We banjo Porter back, knock him back, and you know he, he he's not getting the ball. Um, yes, uh, he was illegal, but you know, and yes, Perry should have picked up on it, but that's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say talk about Perry too much because it wasn't something that ruined the game for us. We ruined the game for ourselves. We did not play well any facet of the game for the first half um, apart from a few periods where and then we choked and somebody put up on this I think it was a Scottish Rugby Forum like I know we lost and it was a big loss but there's positives because we'd ran like something like 400 metres more than Ireland and had more carries in Ireland and had more possession in Ireland that's not a good start for us that means that Despite dominating all the things that you want to dominate, on the scoreboard, it looked like we had hardly had the ball. So what were, we weren't doing anything efficient with the ball um, when we had it, and Ireland just looked so comfortable in defence. Um, and I, it's a credit to them. They were really good in defence, and they just stifled us. Every one of them, to a man, was, was defensively sound. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I I love it and uh, you know and all the rest of it and Ireland are my favourite team, um, but Ireland are deservedly number one in the world for a reason, 
and we are number five for a reason and there's a gap between four and five for a reason and all these things ring true and yes we can moan about the draw and everything but the problem I had with it is despite going out that didn't look like our quarter final or our knockout match that looked like a regular routine pool match where we put our B team out uh, <laughs> for most of the game um, and that's what really annoyed me um, and okay yes we can argue about ref mistakes and all the rest of it and and getting beat we got beat down and we weren't good enough and mentally we weren't good enough and at the start of the game when we lost a try and we started kicking to the corner Ireland would have been over the wind with that because we were panicking um, and uh, yeah we kind of embarrassed ourselves but I think to talk about what's wrong with Scotland we have to start from where it is Man for man, I think Scotland um, are as talented or close to being as talented as Ireland and France. And I know people will sit there and go, ah, blah, blah. the truth be told, if Darcy Graham's Irish, he's people are talking about him as like the be- one of the best wingers of all time across the board. It's not just Scottish people saying it. it is, it's everybody. Um, because he would find more space he'd be given more space because the forwards get dominance. Um, you know, it, it, you know, there was an argument that it was about um, who's better, Finn Russell or Johnny Sexton. And as I say, I think that Johnny Sexton and Finn Russell are two different tens. And it's not like apples and oranges, but if you want to play Scotland style, you'd have Finn Russell. And you want to play the style that Ireland do, you'd have uh, Johnny Sexton. But do I think that Finn Russell with a pack that's going forward like Ireland's do it does, would be able to create more holes you're damn right I do um, absolutely so yes, man for man I think Scotland um, are not like massively talent poor compared to Ireland I'm not, I would say overall Ireland do have the better players, I'm not going to argue that point, but so why were we so far away from them? It comes to the space between the players' ears. The inability to manage the scoreboard, the inability to manage situationally where you are, and sheer panic at the fact that we need to try and beat them by eight points. It made it very comfortable for Ireland, um, and we just we just died on our backsides. Um it it was it was horrible to watch, quite frankly, um, and I didn't watch it all in in live because um, I was flying to London, and uh, plane got delayed, so I managed to watch the first half by uh, on my phone. Um, I vowed not to watch it again because it was so awful, um, and then watched the second half when I came home, which was a bit better in spots, um, and I think that's the one thing about the Scotland's game is. It will eventually break a team down because it's quick. And Scotland do seem to be a bit fitter than a lot of teams. But it's quick. And it will break down teams, but it'll break down the likes of Georgia who aren't aren't fit. Ireland are extremely fit, and even though they tired, we could put two scores in them at about 60 minutes. But essentially, um we were we weren't able to, you know break them down and then come back like we would you know the Georgia game in the in the summer for example um it was 6-0 going into halftime to Georgia we came out 
started playing wide again because uh, we were tired of out. Two quick scores made a made a massive bunch of substitutions and then just rolled in one one by thirty points, um, and that's just the way it is with with a when we play a weaker team and it's no disrespect to Georgia but when you go play Ireland they're not going to tire that quickly and even a tired Ireland's able to adjust to what they're trying to do. That game plan's not going to work the full time. We need to think of other things. We need to think of ways to to control the game through our defence like Ireland did because Ireland was so comfortable off the ball but they never looked like they weren't in control. We were in control of the ball and we were panicked. We were all over the place and we just couldn't cope with the pressure Ireland were putting on us. Um, So yeah, we we need to invest in sports psychology, analytics, something that will help us understand that taking points sometimes is not a bad thing, that, um, you know, to, to how to deal with that pressure, um, how to play from behind against teams like Ireland because I had the impression if we could get a, cut, a score or two, a score up against Ireland or a couple of scores up against Ireland and hold them, you know, and always be ahead of Ireland, I think you know Ireland would struggle to catch up with us. And again, I'm sure there'll be Irish fans say don't talk nonsense, but. Ireland are a team that's built to play from ahead because of their style of rugby is so good defensively that if they get ahead, you're going to struggle to score that you're going to then make more mistakes, which then gives them the openings to then score some really nice tries. And their attack's great. It's not bad. Like <laughs> their attack, They're the best in the world for a reason. But they play like complementary rugby where their, their defence is so strong that you can't rely on just having the ball and holding on to the ball and you'll find space because they will take it away and then they'll steal the ball. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely phenomenal rugby team. Um, and, yeah, I said it right out, say, I didn't believe that we could beat Ireland, but I thought we might get out of the group if we could beat South Africa. Unfortunately, we didn't turn up in that first game. And that's another thing that I query about, you know, sort of the the mental side of the game is why didn't we get up for that first game because we barely fired a shot in that first game um, and we barely fired a shot in the in the last group game yes we can argue we've got these Australian refs that are awful but it's not that's not the only reason because the Australian refs are awful for everybody you know like Angus Gardner shouted at, can, who was it he shouted at um, from, from South Africa and then he went oh you're the captain now <laughs> told him I wanted to speak to the captain he was speaking to the captain so you know it's um, it, it's it's everybody's got the bad refs uh, and I appreciate they do seem to see things more depending on what side you're on but then again it's the picture in your head you know as a referee it, it's not an open sport rugby there's a lot going on that's sort of unseen to the naked eye <laughs> because of the way the game is played Um so as a referee, your perception may be a little bit more favoured towards the perceived stronger team. Um, you know, obvious open stuff like a punch in the face is obvious, but you know, they're not in a ruck. If Port when Porter goes off his feet, there we're quite slow in getting there. So even though he's off his feet, he then gets his hand and latches on. By the time we've got, you know, we're sort of getting there, and he's he's been off his feet, so he's difficult to remove. But because we're not close enough to to make to show the ref to, to paint the picture, the ref doesn't see it as well. Um, so yeah, 
I think we might have to make our peace with the fact that as good as it ever gets for us might be that we might fluke a Six Nations. You know, we might get the one-off Six Nations in the next 20 years. Um, we'll regularly maybe win Calcutta Cups. We'll um, maybe now we've got a sort of a bit more of an even match, or a bit, or we'll be we'll we'll still be dominating Wales a bit. Um, I say still be we've only beaten them like twice in the last ten years, but you know we'll we'll be able to maybe now turn over Wales more often. Um, we'll still be dominant against Italy, uh, and we'll still have great games against France, no matter how bad we are. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's as good as it gets for us. Maybe we're not going to be a team that competes in the late stages of the World Cups. Um, with this talent we've got um, because we're not producing anything so maybe we've just got to sort of make our peace with the fact this might be as good as it gets um, I want to go through the squad and talk a bit about some things that maybe in hindsight we should change maybe some players that looking at the Six Nations should maybe be maybe rotated a little bit and things um, and maybe uh, some players that should never have been and put in certain situations, um, which I'll talk about and I'll uh, talk about now. So, loose head, I think we're okay at loose head for Sutherland and, and Schumann, but I'd like to see us get a couple more younger guys that can maybe are growing into that thing, you know, growing into those positions at uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow. I mean, Schumann's great. Um, I don't think he's that old uh, in prop terms. Um, Sutherland's still got a, a few years left in him. Um, Batty was awful in the World Cup compared to... I, I don't know if it was just a bad time. He just seemed to have a bit of a stinker. I mean, against Romania, it was actually dreadful. Um, so, loose head, I'd still like to see some young guys come in, but we're not too bad a shape with loose head. And I'm pretty sure Bo Inventor is going to be playing for Scotland at some point, by the way. Um, another project player for people to beat us over the head with. Um, I'll come back to Uka in a second. Uh, tight, I think we all agree tight head. I don't know anyone that doesn't think we've got a problem at tight head. We've got Xander Fagerson, who to me is still suspect in his scrummaging and still suspect in, in, uh, uh, you know, in his game overall in terms of giving away penalties and stuff. I'm not saying he's the penalty machine that everyone makes him out to be. Um but he does have a bit of a fuse. I mean, so much so that the TMO, despite having a clear picture that it wasn't him, still blamed him for uh, coming in and escalating the ruckus between Scotland and Ireland. Um, Nell, bless his cotton socks, it's 37. Unless we can clone him into his 25-year-old self, uh, we are sadly, I think, probably seen the last Scotland game for Nell. Um, what, I would, what I'm quite pleased about, though, is that he uh, he picked up a scrum pen in his last game. I appreciate that the game was one-sided. It wasn't what we wanted, but it was quite nice for him to pick that up against, uh, I think it's Kilcoin. Um, so, yeah, we need more. We need more. And, and maybe Sebastian can grow a bit, but we need to see what else we can get in there for tight head. Um, I'm not convinced by Angus Williams or Edinburgh. Um, I'm not entirely sure what Glasgow's got. So, yeah, we need we need more. Um, depth there, um, Hooker. Uh, we need a reset at Hooker. Um, this is the controversial, maybe the co most controversial thing. But Turner, Ashman, 
they should not be expecting to go straight back into the Scotland squad for the Six Nations. I'm not saying they shouldn't be in, but we have to. There has to be an open mind to the hooker position because, quite frankly, the level of ball from the lineouts was was awful. It was it wasn't good, and um, I don't think they're good scrummaging hookers. Not that that's a big thing, but particularly the lineout was bad, um, really really bad this World Cup. And it was Ash. It was worse. At its worst with Turner and Ashman. Um, I do think there's a lot more to it than that. I think the co- the way the lineups coached this, farting around, we're moving all over the place. We don't snap and get in a position quickly. We fart about moving this way and that way and forward, and it doesn't fool anyone because they kind of have an idea. Roughly, they just jump in there, and half the time they're getting in front of us, so it's not fooling anyone. Um, so that's it's not completely on them, but I just don't think they should be given a sort of, right, we're looking at other options. I think the coach has to have a clean slate and say, right, Hooker is based on who we think is best at camp and who we think is best performing and that, uh, you know, that's eligible. Um, second rows, I, I actually think that Richie Gray was one of the brighter sparks in the World Cup. Um, I kind of hope he maybe stays on for a year or two. I appreciate that. Maybe even tries to push for alliance, like just to be in the Lions squad, not necessarily get a cap. But you know, um, I'd like to see Richie Gray keep keeping on, keeping on. I think Gilchrist's um, time with Scotland's sun setting on that. I, he, I don't think he's been good for Scotland. Great for Scotland anyway for a while. Um, I think Cummins is better, and I think Skinner's better, and I actually think that Glenn Young, um, and a. Uh, Hodgson have been better for Scotland uh, than Grant Gilchrist has um, and Johnny Gray's obviously due to come back as well so we've got him coming back through and we've got Cammy Henderson um, we've got Sykes as well so we've got a good bunch of second rows I think I know that Richie Gray I think is older but I think Richie Gray is much more important and if our line is going to get better we kind of need him he's almost a player coach Um I think Gilchrist is just uh, he just he doesn't look like he's up to the pace anymore, and that's a shame. He's been a great servant, but I think it's time for him to to be put out to pasture, basically. Um, back row, obviously, Scotland have always had great depth in back row. I'm not sure we're getting the right balance. I think Dempsey 100% is the right number eight for us. I wonder if in the Ireland game, whilst it would have been seen as more risky given injuries and what have you. If Mish should have started against Ireland or been on the bench, um, just for his 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 um his his experience, he was fired up against Romania. You could tell he was back to sort of his pinball ball himself, but he was playing against Romania, so it's hard to say if he could have done that against Ireland. But I would have liked to think. Remember, he'd, I mean, he didn't miss a tackle on international rugby for a long time, so I'd like to think that Mish would have been, um would have maybe upgraded things. I think Darge kind of went a bit anonymous in that game compared to what he has been. And that's not to say that Darge should be dropped from the Scotland squad. Far from it. He's been one of the best players for Scotland for a wee while. But I just think that maybe in hindsight, Watson should have come in um, somewhere. Uh, Richie going off injured didn't help matters. I still think Richie, you can argue all day if he should be the captain or it should be Finn or whatever. I think Richie is a good captain. I think that I mean, Luke Pierce apologised to him 
first and foremost. Um, I think partly Richie's problem is because he actually knows the laws quite well, so when he points them out, the refs don't like it. Um, but I think Richie's. I think Richie will be okay. I, I think we should keep him, retain him as captain potentially, or if not, he, he's definitely in that back row rotation. Fagerson, I think, played okay apart from the Island game. He was a bit anonymous in that, but then so was just about everybody. So can't really say much about that. Um, uh, yeah, so the back row I think is okay, but there's still loads of back row out there, and maybe we need to get in maybe an Andy Christie or something. And I would like to see Crosby get a bit more chance. I think we were, he was a lot more abrasive when he came on than the others. Um, now I appreciate he was playing against more tired players, but he, you know, he won a turnover. He was he, he was dominant in his tackles and against Romania. Um, I think I think Crosby needs a bit more of a chance, and I'd like to see him start against Wales. Come, you know, assuming that no injuries and 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 form keeps, I'd like to see him start against Wales. Come the start of Six Nations. Um, Scrum half. There's a position that I find odd because we do have good scrum halves. Ali Price actually played better, so I'm not going to have a go at him. I thought he played all right in the in this. Um, I think that personally, I think Horn should have come on quicker um, for Ali Price in the Ireland game just because we were behind and we were chasing, so we should have rolled the dice. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Velicott or you know or Ch- Charlie Chapman or something like that brought in as a little bit quicker ball threat. Um, you know, the likes of Horn and stuff, obviously, um, you know, that's one of his things, but I'm not sure how gelled he is with Finn Russell. So bring in like a Chapman, bring in a, um, you know, a, a Velicott and see how they do. 10, obviously, that's Finn Russell's place, but I kind of wonder what the point is in rushing Healy through all this to then only play him against Romania. Um, I'm not saying it made a difference against Ireland because we were out of the game, but... I'd have liked to have seen Healy, you know, on the bench for Ireland with a 5-3 split. Um, I'd have liked to have seen him against Tonga so we could have rested Finn towards the end instead of putting him through 80 against Tonga. Um, and I actually think he should have been against South Africa um, for off the bench as well. I mean, I think we've got to look at whether or not... Because he can actually cover throwback. He's done it for Munster. Um, and... This might be controversial, but I would rather he I would have rather that he had come on at full back than Smith against Ireland uh, for reasons which I'll get to. In terms of uh, in terms of centers, um, I think Tooney made the option. He almost made a safe center option a selection for this game, and uh, that's fine. My problem with it was he didn't have the ability to change anything. Um, now, actually, the centres have all been quite good in this World Cup um, most of the time, except Jones's defensive deficiencies sort of seemed to come to the fore against Ireland because it was the 13 channel where they sort of burst in for the he- the Keenan trial. Eh, try, sorry. Um, I'd like to see... Uh, I would have liked to have seen Redpath on the bench um, or or Harris. Uh, to be honest, if you're going 6-2, I'd have rather seen Harris because he can cover the back three. Um, he can cover back three or he can cover he can cover centre. Uh, now, you never, antici- you never anticipate you're going to have backs injured to make you put your strum half on at wing. But when 
Kinghorn got injured, for example, Darcy could have moved to fullback and Harris could have come on on the wing, and we'd have still had like a full complement. But then you, it, it, and at the flip side, if Jones had got injured earlier, they, they then got cover for there too. So I would have preferred to have had Harris on the bench or even Redpath in a six-two split situation than Smith. Um, and uh, I would have, I would have, I would have preferred that we didn't have a six-two split at all because I don't think I think we were trying to play into prevent an Ireland doing their thing than trying to play our game, um, which uh, I don't think works. I don't think going six-two because they've got a strong pack works because I don't think one person makes a massive difference, um, especially when you're re- replacing your perceived best pack with a weaker pack, um, in a, in a sense, um. In any event, uh, I I think that our centres, I can understand why he went for that selection, but I wonder if something fresh might have been ideal against Ireland. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I can't fault Tooney for those selections. Do Anand Darcy, folk will be moaning that Kyle Stain should have been playing. Folk, you know, the Duhan can't defend. Apologists uh, will be saying that it should have been Duhan, uh, sorry, Stain and Darcy. Those the Darcy is too small. Apologists will have been saying that um, Darcy should have uh, been dropped for Stain. Personally, I think that's crazy. Um, Duhan's such an X factor um, that against Ireland in this situation you did need him playing. And to be honest with you, Darcy Graham is lights out our best winger. <laughs> I don't I don't know why people don't think he is. He punches well above his weight. Every time he got the ball in that game, he was the one player that every time he got the ball in that game, he sort of created some kind of issue for Ireland in terms of tackling him. Like he would maybe take, he would maybe beat one, or he would draw a second person in just because his footwork would have at least sort of fixed the man for a second. Um, so yeah, I don't think he can make much of a difference. Kinghorn at fifteen, I think, is the right call at the moment. Um, and this is where I'm going to, it's going to get controversial. I don't think Smith's ready to be a Scotland player in a big game. Uh, and I think that actually, I didn't really think that until Scotland played Romania. Um, and then he went really full Stuart Hogg in terms of how good he was with that run. And yeah, he scored and that's great. But he could have maybe made it easier if we tried to put someone in. He had people in inside and outside him. Still tried to go go alone, um, and I appreciate this. It's Romania. Uh, we're miles ahead. He wanted to score, all these things, but I, I just I, I I don't know. I just don't. And then that immature moment against Sexton. Don't take the bait. Do not take the bait. You know, go if see if he put his hand down to try and like and just give him a wee tap tackle. It probably doesn't get sent off. Or go and just go for the ball, and if you know, and then Sexton kicks you because he's farting about, and then you can you make a meal of it. Like you know, try and think about what you're doing in the context. He didn't help your team at all. I mean, Schumann might have ended up with a red card. According to the Irish people, he should be um, taken to court. You know, because because you started the ruckus, and the only reason Schumann ended up throwing Sheen over the barrier was because Sheen wouldn't let go of him after he came in to defend you. Uh, Ollie Smith, I, I just think he's too immature. Um, he was walking off shaking his head. You put your foot out like that, that's a yellow card. Um, it's always a yellow card, whether the play's dead or not. You can't put your foot out like that. Because it, 
yes, it was a trip, and if I say we kicked him, then people will go, no, he didn't kick him, you know. He puts his foot out and flicks it out at him. And there's, it's just unnecessary. Just completely unnecessary. Um, I don't think Ollie, you know, Ollie Smith's been okay for Scotland, but I don't think he's great. <laughs> I'd much rather have King Horn. Um, I'd love to see them try Darcy at fullback more um, and have Darcy staying and Duhan on the park. Um, arguably, our best back three players are all wingers, and Darcy can play fullback. He's played fullback at 20s, he's played it for Edinburgh. Um, he has played fullback for Scotland. I think that you could try it and see how it goes. I mean, I, I appreciate you maybe don't try in the Six Nations, but maybe in the summer, or maybe because um, we're going to the Pacific Nations, maybe try it there, or maybe try it in the autumn. Um, I also, and this is, I, I said this already, know that Healy can cover fullback from his time at Munster and wonder why we don't have him with this incredible spiral kick playing when we can when we can. Um I appreciate you're not gonna start him over Kinghorn is who is actually a fullback, but why don't we again I'd like to see Healy maybe start a game at fullback a couple of games at fullback for Edinburgh. But I guess then that brings up the debate about putting <laughs> Kinghorn at ten. Um or put him at, put him at fullback with Savala at ten. Um yeah, I, I think now after this World Cup, I'd like to think that the only person who's going to formally retire right now um, and not play for Scotland again is Nell, just purely based on his age, because Nell's been a great servant for Scotland. Um, if he doesn't retire, then fine. But um, Richie Gray, I hope, will stay on for a bit. Gilchrist, I'd like to see kind of not needed as much anymore. Smith, I think, needs to go back to a period of just playing for Glasgow and maybe mature a little bit because that was ridiculous. Um, I don't, as I say, it's the same with what I said about Darge. I don't think Smith should never play for Scotland again or should be dropped completely from the thoughts. But I don't think he should be necessarily thought of as that that twenty three jersey option. I think that's got to go to someone like Stain, like Chris Harris, um, or like. If you're doing that split, and you have to have someone or Redpath, because the thing is with Redpath, he's he's a bit more of a baller than than even Sione, um, in terms of a, a movement and stuff. You could have brought him on, and maybe maybe he was opening up spaces when he came on against South Africa a lot better than Sione. So he's another option, but I don't know. Six Nations. This is this is where we'll see. Um, Johnny Sexton won't be in the Six Nations, so maybe, maybe we can beat them because I think mentally there's something about Johnny Sexton as well, and like Peter Romani and stuff. Um, so hopefully, um, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully this is the uh, this will be a lesson, um, and and the players will sort of start to find a way to get over these mental issues that they have. Last thing is, I think we did the wrong thing. Um, renewing Tooney's contract. I'm not saying that Tooney's been a bad coach. I know that he's the most best winning percentage. To me, that doesn't mean everything because I think he also came in on the coattails of what Vern was starting to build. Um, but I think they need some fresh ideas, potentially. And I think um, 
you know, the longer a coach stays, it, the players can become jaded. Um, and I think if, if if we have a Six Nations where we finish below third, he has to go. Uh, if we don't get three wins out of five, I think Tooney has to go. Um, I'm going to leave you with that. I'm not going to say much more because I've talked for half an hour. It's just been I'm just being cathartic. I don't think I've analysed things great, um, and I'm sorry for that. If you if you're still listening, hopefully some of my other podcasts will be a bit back to routine. It really hurt. It really did. I hope you guys are all right. Um, and thanks so much for listening. If you have, um, or if you put it in your pocket by mistake and it's on silent, uh, I'd like to think that my gratitude will get to you. <laughs> um, cheers, folks. Thanks. <laughs>